today's topic, what's the value of your personal brand? Um, I wanted to talk about this because uh, I was trying to think of things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So we're running the Vision 2020 program, Tribe 6, um, and we're just finishing off the purpose module. uh, And we're going on to the next module, which is, uh, we call it product, but ultimately what we're talking about is how do we design transformational products and services. And as you remember, Ben, we talk about the Saturday change model uh, and a lot of people don't really understand it and really find it hard to use. So we were talking about the story of change. Mm -hmm. This is really going to go around the houses for any of you. This will take a while to warm up, but just bear with me. Or come back in 15 minutes. Or come back in 15 minutes and we'll get to the juicy bit. But anyway, so we talk about the story of change and how do you tell the story of change of your customer? Where do they start? Where do they want to get to? What's getting in the way? And how do you present it as a narrative? You know, mm-hmm. everyone loves a story. Stories communicate much more rich information than telling them about facts and figures. And that's all great in terms of like marketing and or even just designing products. But it's a hard thing to do unless you, well, I believe, tell your own story. And what is your own story? How do you tell your own story of change and pinpoint those pivotal moments during that journey, the hardship, uh, what you've overcome, the epiphanies, and where you got to in the end. Because by doing that, you then understand you, there's an empathy there. It's like, ah, oh, okay, I see what someone else might be going to, through because of that's what I went through. Mm-hmm. Which then got me to understand, actually, telling that story of change for yourself is kind of core to what I understand of personal brand and marketing. This Friday, we're going to be talking to a guy called Michael Owen. Not that Michael Owen, another Michael Owen, who's written a blog called 50 Odd, and it's his story of turning 50. Aha, there's uh, a theme. And, it's all 50. And there's a theme. Yeah. Exactly. So he has his story, and he one of his blog posts, which I really liked, which he talked about, was like, what is it that you can say that no one else can? And I linked that to, what is that story? Your own story, your own change, your own unique perspective, journey that only you can tell and how that becomes core to your personal brand, as I said, mm-hmm. because that's uniquely you, that's uniquely your values, your history, your, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then how does that link to then other people? What is that in the sense of connection? And then, you know, all around the houses, what does that mean in terms of pricing? Mm. What does that mean in terms of how people will choose you, how much they will pay, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then linking it back to the course is... One of the modules is about options, you know, how we present options because people, if you don't give them options in different ways to, to kind of frame or reference points for them to ch- make a decision, then that sometimes they just won't even make a decision. Mm-hmm. It's easier not to make a decision. So how do you make those easy options? And so I was thinking one of, the, one of the five T's that you share, Ben, around the different ways to present options, one of the five T's is team. Mm-hmm. And when I think about team, I think about who is it you're going to work with. Mm-hmm. You work with a junior person, like when we were a web design agency, you could have a junior designer making the your website design, or you could have a senior designer like Lawrence. And each of those people has a different engagement because one would be cheaper and one would be more expensive, mm-hmm. presumably because of the experience. So similarly, as a person who has a brand and has a story and a sense of experience, but also not only just about the level of experience and knowledge but also something that's the else that's connecting mm-hmm. they're like oh i see their story i see their journey it's the journey i've been on it's the journey i want to be on i see their values it's the values that i hold you know i want to be seen as part of 
them. That's why I will pay X amount or even just pay this amount to them rather than to them. Yeah, in, in many respects, where it, this obviously links specifically to pricing, you know, pricing, the value of you, th- this also then touches on things around, you know, commodity is what you're doing, a commodity. Essentially, the, you know, the prices that you can charge is really linked to how different you feel in the marketplace, which is a sort of essentially a part of what is being spoken of by like the 50-odd, did you say it was 50-odd, the person who wrote yep. the thing? Yeah, you know, the, the, the thing which is kind of uniquely you, the thing which is your, your sort of story, these are all the things which kind of make, make you different. And that difference is, of course, where value is, because like what you're saying, that difference will appeal to some people and not others, which of course needs to happen. We can't appeal to all the people all the time. In fact, we try and appeal to all the people all the time. We just end up appealing to not very many people most of the time. So the kind of the value of difference, the value of sort of standing out, the value of accepting you will be kind of more right for some people and less right for others. And that is good. And that's important because that does kind of reinforce value. These, of course, this is all kind of essential, central to the thing around personal story and branding. It, it kind of feels to me. And then the other thing which was coming to mind when you were talking about team and like the example of, say, junior designer versus working with a senior designer like Lawrence, of course, one of the things which comes up for lots of people on the course or who might be people who work on their own, essentially, people think, oh, well, there is only me. But the thing that actually came up to me as you were thinking, as you were talking about that, was thinking about this point of team as how you sit in the marketplace. So, um, you know, you might be talking to a prospective customer or client and that you kind of have the kind of confidence that your story, your expertise means that you are kind of up here, that, you know, your credit, your, your experience, your expertise does mean you are elevated in the marketplace. And the reason why in a law firm or a design business or whatever it might be, the kind of references that you give them, people are sort of happy to stand behind the idea of a higher price for more experienced people is the idea, the story, essentially, that their expertise, their experience means that there is, in a way, they may not articulate it like this, that there is less risk. So, because, of course, one of the things that people are buying from you is, is the opportunity to mitigate some kind of risk. And if they're, if somebody who is more senior, somebody who has more experience, more expertise, they have that, you know, they're able to kind of bring a surer solution. And so the thing around team, which was, was just getting to it at the end there, is a way of thinking if you work on your own is you, it is okay to sort of compare yourself in the mind of the prospective customer um, in comparison to other people in the marketplace. You know, there are, if you think about just from a crude design sense, you know, there are lots and lots of very junior designers, say, who are on Fiverr and lots of those kind of the, the kind of freelance, you know, just kind of you bid for work, you do the work. That's a really good kind of contrast because you might use that as a comparison. You might use that to kind of elevate or reinforce your story, your positioning of expertise, your positioning of experience, your position of uh, the thing that is kind of uniquely 50 odd about you and that that sort of story. So using a kind of position within a marketplace to help elevate your position within the team comparison um, is probably is potentially also quite a useful thing to do. There's positioning and there's perception, mm. I think, are the, the two words I wanted to, to sort of explore. So you talked about positioning in terms of how are you, you know, compared to someone else, what do you stand for in a sense? And I can remember uh, one of the um, exercises or challenges that a good friend of ours, Alan Wick, posed to myself and Lawrence in terms of positioning 
was something, and I, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was along the lines of, is it about relationship or is it about product? Are you the best product or is it about in nearly the, the experience that you'll have? Mm -hmm. So the example he gave me was like, you got a surgeon who's just the most amazing surgeon ever, like will just remove whatever needs to be removed in the quickest way. And you have a surgeon who's very good, but it's about his manner. He's just the most nice, calm, relaxing person that you could work with. And so while they're doing the same thing, they're positioning themselves in different ways. Mm -hmm. One is the best in the world, and one is really nice and really good, you know, mm -hmm. a ex lovely experience to work with. And so when I think about positioning, it is what you're saying is like you can't please everyone. And so some people just want to feel safe, mm -hmm. or not safe, just feel like they're going through a nice, nice journey through that operation. Mm -hmm. And some people just, are, they like to be with the best. Mm. They just want to be with the amazing, most amazing people. And some people like to be with, I don't know, people, and this is where I think it, it gets away from what you're talking about in terms of commodities. And this is much more service-based, maybe targeted more at coaches, consultants, and I would say even agency people, where there's a story about their work, mm. you know, whether they are B Corp or whether they have struggled with fighting a system that's like around design or something like that. But there's they, they stand for a cause and they talk about it and they share it. And so there's something around I would I want to be associated to them or they, they're gonna get me. You know, you're talking about trust and mm -hmm. uncertainty. It's like I'm not gonna have to explain myself with these people because mm -hmm. they've lived the life I've lived or they've had the experiences I've experienced. And so I'm potentially willing, and this is just, I'm just questioning this and I'm just offering that as a, I'm potentially willing to pay more to this person mm -hmm. than I am to even someone who, you know, has all the awards because I don't believe, uh, and I've had this in LinkedIn, someone sent me a, a message saying, okay, we can help you grow your coaching business. Uh, we do all of this stuff and we work with all of these massive companies and they started reeling off and I can't remember, but they sounded mm -hmm. corporate. Mm -hmm. And I got back to that. I'm not a corporate, mm. so none of that attracts me whatsoever. Rather than someone saying, you know, we work with people who are really trying to find that work-life balance. They want to help as many people as possible, make a decent profit, but at the same time not burn out. And we will have a marketing strategy that might help work for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask more for more information. Mm. So yeah, I'm mixing up a bit about the sales messages and the marketing message, but what I'm trying to get there is the this idea, like if you have a story, and not all of our stories are helpful. But if we can work out those stories and present them as part of our personal brand, as we stand for this, this is our perspective, this is what we believe in, there's value in that. And that can affect or should, and I'll say you that should impact your pricing. Mm -hmm. Could. Could impact your pricing. Mm. Mm. Does. Does. <laughs> well, it, and, it, and I think the other aspect of this is like it all it always depends on the customer. It's all dependent on their perception and on the stuff that you can't change, which is their own relationship to money, their own perceptions and beliefs. But the stuff that you can, i.e. control, is like, have you expressed the story well? Mm. Is it clear enough what you do and why it's important to them and how it works? And this is, you know, even beyond the, before the conversations that we talk about that you should have with the client. But how do you talk about what you do and why you do it in as clear a way as possible mm. for people to get you and then understand why that price is acceptable.
Yeah, the thing you've come up with is, of course, the, the questions which your prospects are always asking themselves and needing to answer is, you know, why would they buy the thing that you, that you do, you have, that you offer, that you provide? And then critically, but why would they buy from you? Uh, and so, because, of course, there's very few things which, you know, anybody kind of listening, anybody on the course, nobody is really providing anything sort of well, very unlikely that uh, people are providing something which is totally unique. Is there something which is totally unique? And if it is something which is totally unique, is it really clear who would buy that thing? So let's let's take the assumption the thing that you do is a thing which a number of other people are also providing. So then the question is, why are they buying that from you? And then the story that you kind of have, you own, you understand about yourself and where that kind of meets and connects with uh, with your prospects is really important. I think what you're talking about there, getting kind of familiar with that and understanding the value of that to help sort of drive your own value is an important link uh, to make. Yeah, and I think I think what where I was trying to get to with this question about what's the value of your personal brand and how it affects your pricing is to help anyone who's like who feels like there's nowhere else to go with trying to work out communicate the value of my work because they feel like I'm just doing the same as everyone else. And it's like, there's, they feel like a commodity, I think is what I'm going to express. And, and I was trying to work out, you know, find a definition of a commodity, but it's like when all units of production are identical, regardless of who produces them, this whole, and particularly, I think I would say people in the service sector, whether you're doing design work or coaching work, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just doing the same as everyone else. And so, you know, why would they choose me? And so trying to help someone in that space to find out how, you know, how do I define myself as unique? I think this really goes to, you know, really understanding what it is that people are buying. Because, you know, like, like we say, I think it would be kind of easy to feel like, oh, I am my, you know, it's coaching, it's I make websites, it's design, whatever. Oh, there's a million fucking versions of this. I'm not any kind of different. You know, the the onus, the task, the responsibility is on you to understand your difference because there does need to be a difference because if you're not able or willing to do that work, to understand difference and to imagine difference, which maybe also where it sort of starts, to imagine the kind of difference. If you're not willing or able to do that, then it is going to be tremendously difficult. And this is not just about pricing. This is about marketing. This is about selling. This is about the viability of your work. You know, the onus is on us, the producer, the creator, the doer, to understand, to find a point of connection which does talk to something different. And I think this, this, you know, one of the one of the ways to explore this, one of the places to explore this, is by better understanding what people will buy. And actually, I have this in mind a little bit because one of my uh, one of my clients is in this sort of space a little bit. I was doing some work, just helping them around with with position. They make websites. And um, so, you know, there's kind of, you know, the, the kind of sector splits you can make. Oh, we only work with these kind of companies doing this kind of thing. Or we work with companies which are at this sort of point on a journey. You know, maybe their clients, you know, my clients' clients, maybe they have raised some monies. So there might be sort of specific things around that. But also then when you, the thing that I was doing with them, if you get into actually, well, let's just, let's just explore a little bit who actually these people are in these companies who are buying it. And, you know, then you find that there are commonalities commonalities around who that type of person is. And then you start to get into understanding the point that we're talking about before is actually what is it that people are buying? 
And like, you know, the thing that, say, my client was then realising as you get into this, the thing that their clients are actually buying is this kind of feeling, actually, that they are kind of brave enough to do things a little bit against the kind of stream, you know, to go their own way a little bit. They're brave enough to want to sort of stand out a little bit. You know, that they they have a feeling that the thing that they're interested in, the stories they want to tell are a bit more kind of cultured, a bit more kind of educated, have a bit more kind of depth to it. And so then you start to understand, well, what is it actually the service that you're providing? Sure, you're providing websites, but really, is that what you're providing? Or are you providing your clients, my clients' clients, are you providing them the opportunity to be seen to be that person who's willing to go against the stream, who's willing to think a bit harder, you know, to to kind of think a little bit more deeply as opposed to going for the easy option? You start to get into some of these more, the characteristics and some of the kind of intangible things, actually, that we would talk about on the on the pricing course, that is, is about what their motivations are. Because everybody buys something because they're trying to change something. And it's not really about the what of what you do. The what of what you do is in service of another change. And that change exists in me as the client, as the prospect. You know, that it's me who wants that change. And it might be a personal change. It might be a professional change. It might be an organizational change. It might be a commercial, a financial change, any of these things. It might be a mix of all of those things. And the more that we understand what those things are, the better we can understand actually what people are buying from us. And then even, you know, so that is ultimately what people are buying. And the more we understand that, the better able we are to kind of start to confidently stand behind a point of difference, confidently then by extension, confidently stand behind likely an increased value. Uh, but it all comes back to this. What actually are people buying? What change are people buying? What is it that somebody is wanting to change that you are helping with? That's ultimately the sort of shift and if part of if your personal branding story your your personal kind of 50 odd thing to go back to what you were talking about before should be a real you know would will likely be a reassurance to those people that you are you are best placed or well placed to help them on that journey their own journey of change uh, and so I think, you know, that I think this fear that I'm a commodity, actually, it, it is just a fear, right? There, is, there are many, many reasons why somebody would choose to buy you over other people. And sure, the onus and responsibility is on you to get into that, to explore that a little bit with people. But there's many, many reasons. You know, whenever, almost whenever we buy anything, we're buying the idea that that represents and this is true for a product as much as it is true for a, for a service, which is why it is really important to understand the story because people are buying people are buying a story, and either we've done the work to understand what that story is, or the person is buying is dreaming up their own story that they are projecting onto us. So you know, much better to have done some work and to understand that a little bit so we can control that because everybody is buying a story to some degree. Either it's a story that we've done the work to imagine and to offer out there, or it's a story they are deciding for themselves and projecting onto you. I like that, this whole idea of controlling, well, I was going to say controlling the story, but being the the, narrat- the narrator yeah, right. yeah. of the story. Yeah. And where some customers may already have that story, they understand that story for themselves. And like uh, hearing from you with this client, is like their, their clients wanting to be mavericks, I'm going to say, just wanting mm. to do some. To be to be on cutting edge, and so to associate with people who are cutting edge, mm. and looking for stories of people where they're talking about their cutting edgeness, 
And then this idea of who am I to say I am cutting edge? How much have I explored my own stories of going against the grain, trying something new? So to authentically be the person that these other people need. Because I think where I want to get to as well with this is, yes, we can see what people want, what are they wanting, what are they buy, actually buying, and what solutions and good feelings are they buying. And that's the good feelings are important, the why. But it's also, how, why is that authentically my why? And that's, I think, a place where it feels less icky for some people. And this is where I'm going to link it to the personal brand. Because for some people, this idea of personal brand is quite triggering because it's very influencer-based and it's all mm. idea of social media culture. But if we, the invitation I would say is like, if we look into our stories, our stories of change and the things that we have explored so that we can create our own perspectives, our own unique perspectives, then that allows us to say, all right, how does that connect to the why of these customers? Why am I the person to talk about this stuff? And that feels for me part of this kind of authentically standing in this position of like, yes, you will pay more for me because I really stand for this and that's what you want as opposed to, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, I think you like that and, I say, and uh, I'm going to kind of sugarcoat or even just assume an identity that isn't really mine because I don't have anything to back it up mm. with any kind of lived experience. What you is really interesting and I appreciate it, this is not really the domain of this podcast, but I was, I was just reading the new book by the psychologist Gabor Mate. Uh, and he has a big, a lot of stuff he writes about in there, which actually links to the, the other bits too, is about this thing around authenticity versus attachment. So to your point there, is, is it something that I can confidently sort of stand behind? And one of the things that he's pointing to a lot of in that kind of writing is actually we have a tension, a tension actually in all of us, which runs really, really deep around this thing around authenticity. Because we, of course, as humans have a kind of will to authenticity we have you know there are kind of parts of us that we are willing and wanting to express we also have a will to attach and the thing that happens of course is these things become in conflict with each other a little bit because you know our will to be authentic contradicts sometimes oftentimes with say what is required for attachment so expectations that we might that may be placed on us by our culture by our schooling by family whatever it may be and so this kind of tension exists a lot of the time that stops us really being able to uh, to kind of express ourselves authentically and that, that was i don't know you know like i said this is it kind of becomes a much kind of bigger topic but this idea you know who am i to have that story is this the right thing or is there a story i should be telling because it is right for people. Now, clearly, you know, what we want to be talking about is the story which is authentically right for you, the story which is yours, the story which does reflect your experience, and the confidence to stand behind that, and then to accept, I guess, the point being, you know, yes, you could arbitrarily or imagine some kind of story that you think is right for people, but is that really going to be, A, a worthwhile thing to do, or, or be right for you to do? Kind of much better in a sense, isn't it, to kind of to understand your own story, that's your authentic offering, and to trust and understand that there will then be others who, for whom that resonates. And those are the people, those are the opportunities, potentially, where there is the, you know, there, there is the opportunity for good work. And in a sense, what we're doing here is kind of meta, because we are, you know, what we try and teach is pricing, and we're verging on to all of these different topics around pricing that oh, we're passionate about, because that's the stuff that interests us. So in a sense, we want to work with people who have similar interests, who are interested in more deeper aspects around this idea of 
pricing well and making money because it's also about the meaningful aspect of it, the purposeful aspect of it, and the, the kind of the thought-provoking aspects of business and our journeys through life. So in a sense, what we're trying to demonstrate is like, we're trying to pull out our own stories and our own beliefs around this and, and the things that interest us to then hopefully connect with other people who are similarly driven or have similar interests. So I, I like that. I think one thing I wanted to end on, and this is, I, I don't know, I, I like to confuse matters because <laughs> we're good at that. Really interesting. <laughs> and the thing I wanted to touch on was, I, I, you know, stories are great. And for people who find out, oh my God, but how do I tell an authentic story? And, you know, how I, is my story going to be relevant? The thing I wanted to offer is like, stories don't all, aren't always 100% true. Mm. And there's two reasons. One, because if they were 100% true, most of the time they're boring. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it, if you tell everything, all the details of what happened to you in your life, it will get boring. Mm-hmm. So you pick out the key elements that give a sense of drama and energy. And the other thing was what I remember, and I can't remember which book it was. I think it, I don't know if it's Thinking Fast and Slow. It was around behavioral economics. Mm-hmm. And this idea there's the remembering self and the experiencing self. And they don't necessarily tie up. Mm. Yeah. How we remember something isn't necessarily how we experience it. And part of that remembering part, for me, is how we create meaning from mm-hmm. our experiences. Mm. Yeah, And that's, in the end, what we're trying to do. Is we're going to try to connect our meaning to other people's meaning, to send that sense of connection. Yeah, just on, on that. So I think the words that came to mind as you were describing the first bit is creative license. Uh, and... Uh, I think it's not even then the the invitation not just to make things up. It can equally just be taking what were the facts as remembered and understanding how do you put those things together in a way that best serves the goal of story. So it's, you know, yes, of course, you could if you wanted to completely make up a random series, you know, a whole series of things which do whatever. That's not what we're really talking about. And that's not even what, what you're talking about. I think even just taking the components of what you understand to be your story and putting them together in a way that has structure, where the narrative flows, which it does invite people to a place at the end where you want them to be. That's as much about, yes, some creative license, but how you construct and how you put all of that together in the most compelling way possible. And just to go a little bit deeper, there's this whole phrase, the stories we tell ourselves Mm. and how we retell those stories. And one of the aspects that we, we tackle a little bit in the pricing course is our money story. So there are stories we tell ourselves around money which aren't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And so how we look at those stories again and then make more sense and meaning from them so that we are more consciously able to move forward, not based on these, not necessarily, yeah, well, essentially made up stories mm-hmm. of like, oh, we can't have this, we can't do that because of X, because of Y. You know, this whole storytelling thing, while you know, you know, there may be a bit of creative license, it is in service of positive change. Mm-hmm. And I believe if it's in service of positive change, then it's okay mm-hmm. to, to Make shit up. embellish the truth. <laughs> exactly. And that is how all world religions came about. <laughs> On that controversial note, we've gone a bit around the houses. But there is something here about, for me, personal brand being connected to the stories that we want to share with the world about ourselves Mm -hmm. and how people want to be associated to those stories and how then that 
not only differentiates you, but also can be an expression of your value. Mm-hmm. The, the meditation teacher, Tara Brack, has a really nice phrase, which is more talking about thoughts, which, of course, the same things around sort of stories, really. The difference between something being real, but not necessarily being true. Uh, and because what you're saying, the, the thought, the story might be real, that we're telling ourselves that. But that it is real doesn't in itself make it true, just as a way of kind of reinforcing that point around the difference between something is real, i.e. it is existing in my head, in my mind, in my body, wherever, but that does not make it true. Awesome. So um, nothing is true. Nothing's true. This isn't true. <laughs> we were not here, actually. None of this actually happened. So until next time, if there is a real next time, um, yeah, enjoy. Uh, well, enjoy nothing. Enjoy what? Enjoy nothing. Yeah, enjoy all the stories that end up in nothing. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.